Honeybee, it is a good teacher, isn't it? Um, I'd like to talk about today the approach of the honeybee and how it handles adversity and how it copes in times of stress. It seems that as humans, we tend to get into our own heads, and when we do, we lose track of our purpose and it distracts us, and we tend to fall apart sometimes at the seams. And I'm finding if we watch the honeybee and how it manages itself in the same stressors, then we could probably glean some valued information on how to rebuild ourselves. So, for instance, (laughs) um, as you know, a while back, I had suffered quite a loss of honeybees from the bear attack. and The bear attack of 2018. Yes. Or was it 2019? It was 2018. Okay. Actually, you are correct. And in 2019, Jay, we thought we had a glimpse of hope. Okay. The beehive one. We had a, just before this last cold snap, as you know, we were talking about this last podcast. Um, you know, I had a few bees buzzing around. It was a hopeful moment. And again, total wipeout. Mm. Yeah. It's a little discouraging. And as, again, we get in our heads and I got in my head and you start to doubt, you know, did I make the right decision? Because I lost so many bees, this is my fault and guilt, self-critic blame, all those things. None of these are fruitful, obviously, in any situation. And I was stuck in my head for a while and my own anxieties creeped up. And and I I talked about this in the blog about mental health just reared its ugly head and kind of intervened in the situation. And instead of paying attention to how bees did things, it just kind of got stuck for a moment. Yeah. So, And Patty, I already have a couple questions. Sure. And if you're new and you're listening, I'm Jay Fratt. I am the producer of the Honey Bee My Teacher. That's where you found yourself. (laughs) That is Patty Haynes, the host of the Honey Bee My Teacher podcast and a real-life beekeeper. Uh, even if sometimes uh, she's got blood on her knees from tripping and falling and scraping them up in beekeeping, she's here to participate with you on the Honey Bee My Teacher podcast, uh, which is a community event on raising bees, being a beekeeper, mm-hmm. and being a human. Absolutely. First question. Sure. Getting in your head. Mm-hmm. W- what do you mean by that? You know, you kind of withdraw into yourself and you, your head just races and races and races. You just keep thinking. You overthink everything. Um, and the longer you think on it, you actually you perseverate, which you just can't let it go. And so the big failure word pops up, and now you're a failure. Or you've killed your bees. There's the guilt because you put them in harm's way. So, so do you mean um, obsessing, or do you mean you're... you're you uh, heighten your your self critique. You're you're criticizing yeah. yourself too much. Yeah, I'd Is say it, that. Are you, are you talking about that that mean little that mean little voice in the back of your head? Yeah, it just gets amplified. Yeah, and it takes over. I mean, it just kind of gets in control. It just lives in there, and you let it talk more than you can process. And when you because you ha- you know you have your heart in things too, and so when the heart feels pain. 
you know, you kind of, you kind of can navigate a little bit and have somebody on the outside. But if you don't find a place to talk about it or write it down or even manage it by doing something to make it better. And in the winter, that's hard. So how do you rebuild your bees in the winter? Yeah. You can't. So I think it just amplifies yeah, the loss. It's, it, I, I can imagine that is that is a stress. When you can't do anything about it at that time, mm-hmm. it becomes a waiting game. Yeah. The, hence that voice in the back of the head, that's yeah. that's the only, it has the most space. It does. To sit there and chirp at you. Oh, yeah. the failure, Patty, why'd you leave it down by the bears when you knew the bears were there? Oh, mm-hmm. Patty, you, you should have done your, your, your hive this way. Right. And then the worry, oh, oh, I want to peek. I want to peek and see if there's a queen. Yeah. But you can't peek because it's cold. There's just a lot of waiting that has to happen. It is. And, and of course, everybody knows when you sit silently and you don't, get it out and talk about it or try to find something to do with it, it kind of, you can build a whole different story and the scenario can become an entirely different truth. And when the truth changes, you end up becoming, um, you can become obsessed or you can just get anxious or you can just give up. I don't want people to want to quit when bad things happen. Um, What I ended up doing was I was cleaning out my hives this week and getting ready because I am getting ready to buy more nukes as we've talked about. And what I've learned, it, what I learned from it was, I was just watching, and wait, I was wait, wait for for the newbie nukes. Oh, nukes, the nucleus, which is a mini beehive. It has a box that contains five frames, which is the square wax comb area the bees live in, and it contains a queen, mm-hmm. and it usually has a couple honey frames. The brood is in there, and it has an active mini beehive. It's like a mini colony, okay, ready to transfer into your hive. Okay. And for the newbies, when we've talked about this in um, previous episodes, you're welcome to listen to and go and read the blog, too. It will re- reference how that's done in the hive as far as what you purchase and things. But... Um, I, so I'm getting prepared for those things. There's some cleanup to do. And when there's cleanup, you're seeing loss because you're having to clean out all those dead bees. And there are thousands of them. Yeah. But um, I, I ended up reading a little bit. I started studying a little more about the bees. And what I learned was bees, and I observed this too, they move around and they rebuild constantly. And I was always excited about their resilience, but I think what impressed me about their resilience is their key is the rebuilding element. So let's say a hive has a bear attack in the wild, the area that's damaged, if it's just out of the reach of the bear, they're going to tear down the damaged area and they're going to rebuild it. If it's a bad area, they're going to leave, vacate, and they're going to swarm somewhere else if they've survived it, of course, and they're going to find a new place. And what I noticed was they had to find a safe place. And bees don't always make good choices. Yeah. Neither do people. True. <laughs> so it kind of parallels us a little bit to where we're putting ourselves in a, if we watch them from a parallel perspective to where that when they put themselves in a bad place, which we could refer to as a toxic situation, okay. we're both in harm's way. And how do you fix that? I, you know, I think that's a, it's a big question that a lot of people ask themselves. And I think that's where we get lost because we get emotion that ties into it. And we, um, we, we have attachments and codependencies. Mm-hmm. And when we get dependent on certain situations, that makes us feel like a false sense of security. And something might seem safe when in really it might be a pattern of not safe. And we put ourselves there just like the bees might do, you know. Yeah. 
So it's finding the place for you that's a safe place where you can be your best and your strongest and connect yeah. with another person in community that shares the same interest and builds with you. And when you build together, you build stronger. Yeah, and I, I don't want to jump ahead on your on your train of thought, but I did read your blog, and I had the pleasure of uh, having a few conversations outside of it. And so you're having this moment, this uh, moment of doubt, this moment of stress, this moment of anxiety. Some people might have mental health issues that they might call it something else, but mm-hmm. an episode, if you will. Right. And then you were telling me about the bees and about how of uh, the bees, if if they have a honeycomb go bad, or to go go back to your situation where a bear claws up and and knocks a big, let's call it a wing out of the the hive. Mm-hmm. You were telling me that they cut it out, mm-hmm. that they don't they don't remodel, they don't repair on top of, Mm-mm. they completely gut what's been damaged or what's gone bad, and yes. they build from scratch. Yes. But they recycle the wax that they use. They'll take that all back and they'll per- actually recycle that. But they rebuild completely. So, so in the when I compare that to to humans and, and in your situation, your uh, example of of maybe having some mental health, you're you're in that trough of the roller coaster, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if it's positive to tell people to cut it out because in one way, uh, your example, you're saying. Um, if you're in a toxic environment uh, and you're and you're going to be like a human, you're going to constantly repair and constantly put patchwork up mm-hmm. to get through only till the next thing because you're you remain in that toxic environment. Right. Whereas the bee, the bee will get get up and get out of there. Yep. The bee, if they've got a little bit of cancer, they will remove the whole thing mm-hmm. and they will start fresh and start new. Yes. They'll rebuild that hive. And I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of see how you're correlating that that lesson of the bee to, to humans. Well, when you when you look at it from that point of view, especially when you refer to the patching part, mm-hmm. um, and I think if you could learn not to patch everything, you know, I think that was a term we used over the years, let's patch things up. When I yeah. I think it would have been better to have said, let's cut out the the cancer yeah. and let's rebuild and be healthier together, you know, and it that would, would be a better direction. It would be nice if people could sit down logically mm-hmm. and say, well, we're, we're, we've got a bunch of patches on this boat. We, yeah. we keep taking on water. Let's focus our attention on how we can get you in another stable boat. Right. And I can get in another stable boat. Right. And we will go down this river of life separately. Yeah. Um, and go our, go in our separate streams, sure. if you will. Sure. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's tough for people to do. It is. We get stuck in our, in our rhythms. It is. I mean, we get into jobs that are toxic like that, and we stay in a place because we think that's all we can do. I mean, we quit stretching ourselves. We, we create these boundaries when instead of having healthy boundaries that will help us to um, expand and grow and say no in the right areas, we get um, our mental health issues get in the way, and we choose to go in the deep end where people might um, overdo drugs or alcohol or really addictive behaviors that are self-destructive. I mean, you can diet yourself to death. You can do so many yeah. things. And again, it's patches. You're just all these patches. You've got to um, take that. You've got to get rid, pull off the patch. If there's something, a cancer in there, you got to get rid of it. You got to treat the problem. 
and fix it. And you can't fix it overnight. You know, bees, it's a process. They rebuild, but they also are constantly building. They don't just say, oh, it's good. We're done. This is what we got. Yeah. They get bigger and bigger. Why? Because then the bigger they are and the healthier they are, the longer they thrive and the healthier they stay. And we can do that too. We can just, instead of taking the patches, we build on ourselves and like capacity. So if you were to take, let's say you take a pitcher Mm -hmm. and there's a spigot in the bottom of it, right? And you keep it plugged and you fill it up till it's full and you sit there and you don't do anything with that to make anything better. You don't water anything. You don't give life to anything. Nothing lives. And what sits in that pitcher is capacity with potential that just stagnates. Yeah. So, and then you're, you get stuck in yourself and you stagnate and you don't grow. But if you turn on the spigot and empty it out, get rid of the icky water, fill it with fresh water and keep it coming, find the healthy things and keep refilling to capacity, the longer that spigot stays open, the more you actually take on. Yeah. And it's not overwhelming anymore because you're pouring out yourself to others just as much as you're taking in to where it's almost like people would refer to as blessings or um, the universe just pouring out good things to them. Yeah. Those things as well. And that's a direction that would, would make more sense. Yeah, I've, I've been dealing with, and, and it could just be being Washingtonians. Yeah. You know, the, what's amazing about this winter is we had a wonderful, wonderfully sunny winter. Mm-hmm. Our winter was not bad at all. We no. had a couple weeks of very harsh weather. But other than that, it's been fairly dry. Um, the skies have been clear. It's, it's been pretty. It's been very beautiful. But there's still that time of the year where uh, before daylight savings time kicks in, the the sun goes down so much sooner. Mm -hmm. You get so much less daylight. Um, I've been dealing with a little bit of funk. You might say uh, stress. Uh, I I just put my head down and I work all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, you know, if I were to retire, I were to change, I would still stay busy doing other things. Mm -hmm. I would always, it's almost like my... um, coping of the stressful situations is to constantly work, is to constantly produce, constantly do things to move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't take time to step back um, to relax very often. Right. And there's tons of excuses that I give. I've got to take care of my family. I've got to take care of my business. You know, I've got all these things that rely on me. Right. Um, Even if my family is saying, no, 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 lay down, take a nap. You know, right. you know, you need to do this for yourself. Um, and I was thinking of the bees, and you mentioned this earlier. One of the things that I that I strive for that I miss when I'm when I'm constantly doing this work by myself because I've I've got so many projects that I can do by myself in society. Right. And one of the things I long for is more connection, more connection with very good friends. I'm a, I'm a small town guy, right? So, right? so I have people that I grew up with. And when I say I grew up with them, we knew everybody's business, uh, population <laughs> 1,200. Yeah. And I had this one very good friend. I've had very good friends all my life. Well, you move to a new community, you don't have these people that know your history, you know theirs. And it's right. tough when you get older to then establish and build these connections. Right. And you mentioned that um, once in what you were saying about community, you know, you can't undo your spigot and then fill it back up and kind of have that renewing of life 
without participation with others. Exactly. And the bees, uh, you mentioned this earlier in a conversation, you know, I was almost thinking when you're, we were talking about ripping off the patch and, and repairing and breakdown, the bees have an advantage. They have this super organism. They have a community mm-hmm. that, that, that they're a part of. Right. And I was wondering if you have any insights on how humans, that, that maybe, maybe they're like, damn, Patty, you're right. I need to get out of this toxic situation. Yeah. And they start with a blank slate. They start somewhere else. They, they start refreshed and new. But how do they then join a community? How do we um, find those? How do we participate in our own um, hive organism? A lot of it is is just plugging yourself into, you have to stretch yourself and find a point of interest and plug yourself into places you've never been before. So for people that are interested in the bees, you've got bee organizations all over the place that offer places to connect, you know, and then for people who want to do speech, you've got mixers, you've got all Toastmasters. These are things. Now, and there's quilting clubs, book clubs. There is a plethora of opportunity out there that doesn't set you at a computer. Yeah. That gets you out and talking to humans. Chamber of Commerce meetings. I there pay attention to what's going on locally. Connect with your local government. Do things in your community. City council meetings. Volunteer. Just pick up litter, yeah. and you know, and let people see you. And someone else will do it too. You be the example. You know, and n- I none of this is going to be comfortable. I don't think bees are comfortable all the time. These this is a super organism that functions on role clarity. They have their time frame that they do a certain thing and then they move on and they do the next thing and then they do the next thing until it's time for them to die and that's what they do but that is they're they're fulfilled they have full purpose and they're productive and they make beautiful honey yeah you know and they take care of that queen and she takes care of them yeah well i guess uh, part of my conundrum is uh do i just need to resign myself to the fact that i am a worker bee and i will be working (laughs) until i die no i think that um and I think that everybody, I'm a worker too. I am right there with you. I get it. I work a lot. And I think that I will always work. I think to some people, work is a form of relaxation too. So don't disregard that. But where I have to remember is I have children. I have grandchildren. I have family. I have friends. And I have to really measure that against what I do and really look at myself honestly without outside input look at it, write it down. If I have to do it on a you know, spreadsheet to make it make more sense to me, like a business person would yeah. want to look at something. And am I, where's my balance? You know, and I don't mean balance and you have to do everything equally, but am I giving time to people uh, to create value in their lives? I don't feel like I'm legacy. I hear legacy a lot. There's a podcaster I listen to a lot named Gary V. I don't know if you've heard of him, but his big thing is legacy. And it's about everything. And he's a workaholic, but he's leaving a legacy. But he makes time, specific time, for his family. And when he does, everything's out. Yeah. So it's just, that's good, too, because those are the memories people share. I think it's just finding the space where you feel healthy and doing it, but doing it with passion. If you're not happy at what you're at, something's just not happening correctly. Yeah, you had a great idea. And I think what we're going to try to do is we're going to put some links in the show notes um, for maybe some local resources for beekeeping, if you want to get involved in beekeeping, yeah. some ways to find um, community 
uh, to reach out to. Um, do you have, if, if someone's not in our local Olympia, Thurston County, Washington community, do you have some searches that they can, some search ideas that they can put in their uh, Google machine and find their local beekeepers or their yes. local beekeeping community? Yes. If you're in Washington State, and I'm going to assume most states are like this, the Washington State Department of Agriculture website offers a ton of information on learning about bees and our local impact with bees, but they also have a lot of resources on where you can connect. Oh, great. If you're on social media, you have the Washington Beekeepers Association. There is, it's called WASBA. <laughs> okay. And they are the largest, and there are several smaller beekeeping associations that come, that kind of spawn off of that. So you have those available too. So you've got... Um, most counties will have a beekeeping association. Social networking, actually, they offer pages and forums for them all the time. Okay. But there's also, if you're a rural person and you don't have a lot of access, then you can also connect through um, the Internet. And you can look up just your, through your Department of Agriculture on a federal level, too, and see what works best for you and where you can find that. But I find that the state... Department of Agriculture websites offer the best resource for that. Okay, so if yeah, we will we will put some links in the show notes just to ha- try to help people um, reach out and contact those beekeeping communities um, and help people connect a little bit more, work on their own superorganism yes. being a part of. Mm-hmm. And I think as a benefit to all of us too, Jay, that um, community means community. We talk about it a lot. You hear about it. It's a political term. It's been highly politicized, but I'd like to see it um, more humanized (laughs) to where that just like the, how do we become a super organism together? How can we take, I talk about circles overlapping each other a lot. Yeah. So I'm a person that has a few neighbors and they buy my honey and we make friends and um, I try to stay connected with them. I'm not going to see them every Friday, but I'm definitely going to stay in contact with them and try to make it out once in a while to something we can all be there together um, and then overlap that. And then in my work environment, which I work in a different community completely, I work with those people and have an opportunity to visit with them and create that circle. Now you have your circles here through your shops and then all of these, and we all talk about the bees and we all talk about other things, you know, about caring for each other as humans. And slowly those circles start to just overlap. And then it almost looks like, you know, just this giant little paper mache thing where all these pieces have slapped on top of each other. And then you have this it's weak in the beginning. It's real thin, but it yeah. gets stronger and thicker. That's an interesting concept, and, and it's a great idea. Let, let's talk about that when we come back. We'll kind of move on to um, participating in your own human superorganism. Yes. Honey, Be My Teacher is brought to you by Smokin' Jays and Smokin'Jays.com. Everything for your smoking lifestyle. Just for you, there is a coupon code to save 15% off at SmokinJays.com. It's HONEY! So enter HONEY at checkout at SmokinJays.com and receive 15% off your order. And all orders over $100 ship for free at SmokinJays.com. Alright, back to the show. Alright, and here we are. Um, you said you you blew me away a little bit as as Patty often does, <laughs> but you you said an awful lot in a short amount of time just before we went to the commercial break, 
and it resonated with me because I've I've moved communities uh, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I moved to Thurston County, Olympia, Washington, and and I really made a concerted effort in my head that I wanted to join a community. You know, it's possible that this is going to be the last community I live in. And okay. I've taken some steps to join the community. But as we've said, I'm I'm a hard worker, head down. I own my own business. Um, I There's a lot for me to work on mm-hmm. that where I'm on my own island and I don't really buzz around with the other bees <laughs> in the hive. You know, I've got my own tasks to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain just a little bit slower and a little bit better on this overlapping circles? Because it made mm-hmm. so much sense to me. Yeah. So you own the smoke shops, right? Yeah. And you're in in how many locations? Five. Okay. So you have five opportunities to still make connections so that even though it's at work, I say that as I raise my fingers in quotations. Sure. So as you're doing that, you are in a position to really connect from a true human level, mm-hmm. not business only. And I'm sure you do. That's probably why your business does well. You make engagements. You're connected Mm -hmm. to your people. Your guests are like your friends, right? Yes. So, And you're able to have discussions. So now we have an opportunity to create. You've got a small circle at each location that you have. Mm -hmm. And then you have the little bit of the time that you have here with me and that we talk about the bees. And because of that, you've made... You've reached out to people and you've connected with beekeepers or you've run into beekeepers in your local community. Yes. Okay. So now you've got another circle here. So here I am doing my circles, working at my job over here and over here, and I'm doing it with purpose, right? Mm -hmm. We're all, if we live with purpose and don't just wing it and just fly by the seat of our pants all the time, and we all have the intention that everywhere we land, we want to make an impact, And we don't have to be the savior of the free world, but we do need to make an impact to where that, what did I just do? Did I do anything positive in anybody's life today? Was what I said relevant? Was it meaningful? Was it authentic? Was I empathetic? Those are the things that make people remember who you are and come back. Mm -hmm. And then they bring people. Okay, so now you got this little network and you've got their circle. Yeah. And all these circles are drawn together. And when they come together, it's just like when kids take a bunch of pieces of paper mache, you start they start laying them out and there's not much to it, right? Yeah. But you stick it together and then you build on it and the more layers you do, not only do you have a a wide range of community, but you have a strong community. Yeah. And community is a big umbrella term for lots of little cells of people doing something with purpose together. That's yeah. my definition of community. Yeah, one of the, just uh, dealing with you and the podcast, uh, also being a part of my um, homeowners association, the B world kind of came into that sphere. Yes. So I kind of understand when, when you're saying these these circles, uh, if you if you build if you build your circles, eventually they will overlap, Absolutely. and then that's the link to uh, other communities or link the, your circles together, if you will. Right, and and I think that, like you, you're a worker bee, so your circles might not be huge, mm-hmm. but they're there because everything you have is, like I said, with purpose. I, I think Patty, well, my trouble is remembering my circles. <laughs> where, where where did I leave my circles? <laughs> Well, you at least have five that you know where they're at because you go to them on a regular yes. basis. So, But um, I think that if we do that too, 
remember too that there are some people that just tend to be outlandishly out there and their circles will be bigger. So you've got that too that can kind of overlap where you get a lot of overlap to where that we all kind of fall into their circle. And you might be at the north end of the circle and there might be somebody at the south end that you may never meet for years. And then one day, you know, always hear about like six degrees of separation, yes. how eventually one day you connect and it's like, wow, we knew this. I was there. You were there. There's a connection. And I just think the world is full of those types of connections. Yeah. Okay. I want you to repeat something uh, to help the listeners or help me. What is it again you say to yourself when you interact with someone or you have your day? You said uh, you act with empathy. Empathy, purpose was what I said was I did I do anything positive in somebody's life? Did I contribute positivity to somebody's life? Um, was I relevant and was I empathetic and was I authentic? Okay, I'm going to circle back now to the mental health that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's a lot for some people. It and is. if you are if you're at the bottom of if you're at the trough of the roller coaster, if you are stuck in the downward spiral, mm -hmm. that can be hard to. Um, that's another thing that you force responsibility upon yourself. But at the same time, too, I agree. At the same time, take the moment, and it's a rough time. It's hard, and you're emotional, and you feel broken. But get out of your head as much as you can, even if it's for a glimmer of hope and reach out to somebody. Again, that's where the safety is important because it has to be in a safe place. Don't go to the same connections you went to that always put you back in the same spot. Yeah. Maybe it's time to find a new connection. Yeah, I, I would imagine somewhere in there is uh, taking an honest look in the mirror. For sure. And understanding your role in either the toxicity of the situation or or that that hole that you have to keep patching. Yes. Um, repeat it again, the mantra that someone should do each day or each time they come into contact with somebody. Was I positive? Was I authentic? Was I empathetic? Mm -hmm. And did I contribute? Did I contribute? That, I think those are amazing words. And if... You know, it's almost like uh, when you're when you're in Little League Baseball and they teach you, you know, how to swing a bat and strike that ball. You've got to go through a checklist. Yeah. A checklist of, you know, okay, elbow elbow in, or my hands back, mm -hmm. okay? You, you know, feet, feet shoulder length apart. Right. That's a very good checklist that someone can take into interactions each day. Absolutely. And you and I think that that would make their day become more positive. I would think so. Um, and then at the end of the day, if you want another tool for working on integrating yourself into this hive, our human hive on uh, in the United States of America, or start small and just say your neighborhood. Right. Or the county or the state. You know, the, we all have different ambitions. Right. You know, but if you're looking to start, you can just start with what's local and what's around you. For sure. Um, might be to journal. Um, I, I have a really hard time remembering, remembering people's names. And it, it doesn't mean I'm less authentic when I'm dealing with somebody. Mm -hmm. It's just 
something I just didn't pick up in life or just my brain works in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Maybe if somebody had a number on their sleeve, I would, I would be able to remember uh, that number really easy, sure. just the way my brain works. But maybe someone like myself can uh, sit down and journal. Right. Um, sometimes when I've met important people in my neighborhood, I'll put them into my phone. Mm-hmm. I won't, even if I don't have their phone number, right. I'll still put them into my phone as a contact. Right. Um, so that I can go back. And, and most phones these days, you can tag somebody, whether it's a title or where they work. Right. You know, we can say, uh, say their address or, you know, again, in the neighborhood situation, four houses down. Red house on the right. <laughs> red, red house on the right. It's so important because a lot of times when we go back to the mental health um, from earlier in this episode, it's feeling disconnected. Yeah. So much of when we're feeling down mm-hmm. is feeling disconnected. Is right. feeling alone. You do. And, and that's why we need a super organism mentality because um, the hive doesn't do that. The hive rallies around to keep the queen healthy. The hive, they groom each other. So we've way back, we talked about a varroa mite and we just mentioned it about some of the things that are up against bees. And when the varroa mite is discovered, when you put like a powdered sugar on your bees, yeah. bees will groom each other. They take care of each other. It's like, oh, you shouldn't look like that. Let me fix you. Yeah. You know, and they help them up and they clean them up and they just get them back into a state of health. So, and if that varroa mite happens to be on there, then they get it off. And that's how they clean them off. That's a natural process that organic beekeepers like to use. But it's a great scenario too, because when we see people have things fall on their shoulders and the weight of the world is on their shoulders, it wouldn't hurt for us as humans if we observe something And not everybody is receptive. I get it. But you don't have to say, hey, is there anything I can do for you or anything? But sometimes it's just a smile. Yes. You know, maybe it's a simple gesture that we can do that um, eventually. I see a lot of frowning. I work in retail. Mm -hmm. And it amazes me how it can be beautiful outside and people can come in and they wonder why they're having such a crappy day. And I don't ever see them smile and they complain about everything under the sun. And if you got to... Change your self-talk. Yes. And you've got to talk to yourself and use your mantra. And if it doesn't fit in there, you shouldn't be talking about it. So because it's so easy to get negative. Yeah. We drop. I was um, a a man that was an influence in our family's life when we were younger. He was a he was my best friend's dad. And what he would say was it was in a religious perspective and his reference to girls dating boys that were not Christians. And, and this is a, an approach to look at things. And his says was, okay, you're, on, you're stepping up on this pedestal because you are trying to live above reproach was the term. It's Christianese, obviously. Sure. And he said, and here's your friend that's standing down here below you. Who has more leverage? Can you lift them up or can they pull you down quicker? Yeah, you can pull down, pull down easier. Yeah, so the negativity always has the leverage. Oh. It's twice as hard, it seems, to get rid of the negativity. Yeah. So that's where you have to set boundaries personally, mentally, emotionally. And it doesn't mean I have anxiety. Mental health is. There's nothing I can say that will make that permanently go away, but it's manageable and it's learning how to manage. And some of us, we, I didn't get that skill set till I was much older. Mm -hmm. My children were all grown when I started developing that skill set. And 
it's something that if we can learn and share and not be ashamed of, I think that's a big part of it. And I think community deteriorates when people hide in shame. Yeah. Because where do you go? Yeah, well, and but our community is getting very strange now in the fact that sometimes people are shaming mm-hmm. uh, where there's no need to shame. They're where, being the, shamed for wearing the wrong color hat. They're being shamed for having a, an opposing political stance. They're being shamed for the wrong color of skin. They're being shamed for wearing an outdated outfit. I just, I, I, yeah. the, the list boggles my mind at yeah. how shaming is so comfortable. And I think the biggest shame we should think is on ourselves for shaming. Yeah. We, that should be eliminated. Yeah, we, we're going to need to. We, we don't have time in this particular podcast, but this is uh, leading into a conversation I'd like to have about with you. And, and again, it, it, it can tie into bees and, and what bees can teach us. Mm-hmm. But the tribalism, uh, it's kind of a catchphrase nowadays, but it's basically um, groupthink. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not taking an honest look at opposing viewpoints or right. different types of people. Yeah, and and right now because society's gotten so large, you can have these pockets. You can join these pools of people mm-hmm. and never be disagreed with, and always think the same things. But it's hurting us so much. Yes, to not is. respect other people's viewpoints. Um, I would like to talk with you about that today. Yeah, um, so many good things. Mental health. We talked about a mantra you can take into each day dealing with people, mm-hmm. trying to connect with communities to, sure. beca- to become more of the super organism. One thing you also mentioned is um, lifting people up or just, just with a simple smile, yeah. but just in the way we treat people. I saw this video the other day that enraged me. It was, uh, it was a video of this, it was like a probably a 40-some-odd-year-old man on a subway, and he was kicking, uh, probably looked like an 80-year-old woman, 70-year-old woman, who was sitting on the subway, kicking her in the head. And he kicked her in the head again, and he kicked her in the side. And he put his foot up against her, up against her face and, and pushed. And, and then he walked off the subway and, and, and gave like a mic drop, uh, I don't want I don't want to advertise for this for this thing, but he he did this modern mic drop, mm-hmm. you know, basically put this on on the YouTube, and I thought, and everybody was so enraged at this man, this man mm-hmm. that would do it horrible. It, it goes without saying sure. what a terrible act it was, and all I could think about were the knuckleheads that were filming. Yes, because there were multiple people. You can hear in the film. There's one kid, a male, holding up his phone, filming this, and then you can hear some other people around, almost cheering him on. And that's what that's what angers me is no bee would ever allow another bee to do that within their own hive. No, and it doesn't take much, people. I'm not saying. Let's say he's a 14 year old kid. I'm not saying he should go and physically confront, but instead of getting your phone up and cheering someone on, sometimes if you raise your voice and say, hey, don't do that. Right. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Look at what you're doing. That can stop a situation. Right. Just try to get the person, whatever mental state he was in, Right. just trying to get them to snap out. Hold them accountable. Hold them accountable. And I believe the bees... Are great. All right. I, I don't want to get I don't want to get <laughs> off into that societal stuff. 
tell me where you're at right now. You've got your bees have uh, have passed. Yeah, you, you thought they were coming back, but they're not. No, they're gone. So now you're starting from scratch. I am, and and that involves buying some nukes. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're not we're not talking about going to Pakistan and seeing some <laughs> uh, some Iranian or some North Korean scientists. No, no. <laughs> buying buying some buying some bee nukes. Yep. Um, how is that going to go? Are are you looking forward to it? When do you start that? When if somebody's in the same situation you are, or somebody's just starting for the first time, we're kind of we're having some beautiful days. Yes. What is the timing of it right now as spring approaches quickly? Well, with people who have the beehives that have done well, there there's been a lot of loss this year across the state. That's you know, and that's something we've shared on the forums. Um, there are the bees are out. They're loving it. Anytime it hits fifty, they're outside. They're having a blast. The um, And things are starting to bloom already, too. Dandelions are in bloom, and that is their first food. So they're out, and they're going to start harvesting, getting some nectar flow going. The um, It's time now to get your equipment in order. And our next podcast is going to be the DIY on the equipment that you're going to need. Okay. Um, but you can order your bee nucleuses, or I don't want to go into packages. I think that's for an advanced beekeeper. But the nucleus... And you can order that now. and You want to pre-order them because they'll be coming in in April, and people are lining up to get those now. Okay. There usually are some available later in April anyway, after the first but, buy but happens. But April is the time frame where it's safe. Yep. The temperatures won't drop. It's right. safe to have and start your hive. Yeah, all the nukes come in usually, especially if they're coming up from California. They will arrive, and they'll be on big trucks, and then they will be safely transported and then we will go and pick up our nukes at that point in time at okay. a at an appointed destination. I um, order my bees through Hive Five Bees, the number five, mm-hmm. through Kevin Mills. Um, he's my mentor, so he's the one that I order mine from. Okay. Yeah, he does a really good job, and you just place the order. My bees are going to be if you order under a certain number of packages, you pay one forty five. Mm-hmm. For the nuke, if you do more five or more, it's one thirty-five. Okay. So there's a breakdown. I recommend all new beekeepers. The mistake I made too is I had like nine hives my first year. Yeah. Just get two. Don't go more than that. Just learn to manage your bees. That way you can learn to split them, which we will talk about in future podcasts. And then you can go and do, you know, harvest feral hives even. You can catch swarms. You have other opportunities. But it doesn't do you any good to get all these bees and not know how to manage them and and make the mistakes I made. I mean, I my accountability side of me says, hey, I did make a mistake and bees suffered because of me. And we lost greatly. And it hurt because you do fall in love with your bees. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. All right. She mentioned it. Uh, DIY episode number one is already out. We'll be working on DIY episode number two coming up. Other than that, we'll be we'll be back. We'll we be will. back with random episodes of Be Goodness. That's right. I love Be Goodness. I do, and I love the help I get from Jay to be good. <laughs> Thank you, Patty. We'll we'll Thank be you, back, Jay. you guys. I am so grateful to have shared my love of the honeybee with you. I have so much more to share as we all grow in knowledge to save the honeybee, which will ultimately save us. This podcast is brought to you by Smoke and Jays and SmokeandJays.com. Use coupon code HONEY for 15% off your next order and all orders over $100 ship for free. 
I'd like to thank my producer, Jay Fratt, for bringing my love for honeybees to the podcast format. He has his own podcast called The Conservative Hippie, which is available on all podcast platforms. Just go to theconservativehippie.com. Visit me at honeybeemyteacher.com to connect with me and enjoy all the buzz about our amazing little friends. Let's be social. All of my social media links are available in the show notes. Please email me anytime at bemyhoney.honeybees at gmail.com. So until we meet again, be mindful, be thankful, and most of all, be kind. Be kind.